You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another episode of Locked On Pac-12 and you made the great decision to tune in. I think it's the best decision you made this week. I don't care what no one says. <laughs> There's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news in the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by me, Cindy Robinson. So follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I am joined by Brian Brown from Locked On Youths. Brian, how's it going? Always better when I'm hanging out and talking Pac-12 with my main Cindy Robinson. Your yeah. main Cindy Robinson? Like, they're... Don't- you think there's another Cindy Robinson? There might there? be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just need to start calling all my co-hosts Cindy Robinson. <laughs> you set the bar. It's a beautiful name, but I just don't think there's anyone quite like the original. This is true. This is true. It's <laughs> like it's like uh, when you're trying to knock off a Reese's. There's nothing better than the original. There we go. There we go. Okay, so today we are talking impactful. Well, most impactful or. It's hard to say. Okay, most, not most, what, what players expected. Players expected to be the most impactful in their rookie year, freshman year. Sorry, rookie year is weird in college. Freshman year, um, three Pac-12 players made Yard Barker's list for this. I'm sorry that was so difficult to get out, but nonetheless, that's what we're talking about today, and we're kicking things off in Trojan Land, which you know I'll never argue about with Corey Foreman. He's a defensive end for USC. Um, According to Brian, has already experienced an injury. So I'm hoping that this is still the case of him supposed to be the most impactful, one of the most impactful freshmen this season. But Brian, besides the injury situation, what are some positives about Corey Foreman and especially joining that Trojan team? Well, I, I think it's at a position where he can really have an impact on the defensive line. He's 6'4", 265. He was a five-star prospect, a 99 overall. He was without a doubt the crown jewel of the recruiting class, the number one defensive lineman in the country, number two national prospect for USC, the number one prospect in California. So you can see all these uh, evaluations for him. Now, he he is dealing with a slight groin pull. Uh, I think sometimes that can be code for like, yeah, he's really this good, so we don't want him to get hurt, so we're just finding ways to rest him. Uh, but also, uh, you know, it, it, it can be part of that transition when you're now going up against players who are close to your size and athletic ability, although Foreman is such an absolute beast that it's uh, really hard to find anything like that. And, and the comparison has been made across the board between he and Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think there's some some accuracy to that. I, I The more that I watch and 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 follow Kayvon though. I think there's only one, you know, he is such a rare, unique individual, both physically and how mentally prepared he is for all of it, his mindset, all that kind of stuff. But I do think what Corey Foreman brings to the Trojans is he brings another weapon on that defensive front to mirror uh, Drake, uh, Drake Jackson, you know, and, and that's really the thing that they, uh, they need is they need to have that, um, that, that kind of bookend, I guess, uh, opposite of him to really, uh, 
really kind of secure uh, that pass rush, that push, that defensive energy. Uh, I think part of it, too, is just, you know, Todd Orlando, the new defensive coordinator, did a pretty good job last year. But now that he's got the, this kind of ability to generate a pass rush, it does protect his secondary and his linebackers a little bit more. I will say that hearing um, slight groin pool does not sound really slight, in my opinion, groin, anything, strain pools. They're just uncomfortable to deal with, especially when you're playing an active sport, any sport that requires a lot of running um, and force in that, you know, and in that role, that's for sure something he's going to need to get under control. But I also think that's something that could possibly nag him throughout the season so he'll definitely be needing to like rehab and everything but USC is definitely looking to you know have him be a part of that defense and really take their season to another notch don't need it <laughs> they do like they just they need more guys up front to be more productive they've had a few over the years Porter Gustin is probably the most recent to, to move on to the NFL but Gustin's another guy who struggled with injuries, could not stay healthy. And, and that's really what you need from Corey Foreman is to have that health. You mentioned the nagging aspect of that injury. It can really go on for a long time. I played my sophomore year with a groin pull. And, and really, I think once you got over the awkwardness of having someone trying to tape it every single day that when you went out and every time you had to go out for a game, uh, it was just the, the mental aspect of always knowing that you weren't quite 100%. And you have to wonder how that affects Foreman, being that he is such a physical uh, player and uses his athleticism so much to his advantage. Uh, but I still think that that at his position where he's playing on the defense at USC, where they really don't have anybody else except for uh, Drake Jackson that's like um, on the defensive line to generate a pass rush. You know, they, they, they lost uh, uh, Jay... I can't remember his last name, um, opted out last year. I should know him, too, because he's from Utah. Um, Tufele. There we go. Jay Tufele, yeah. Yeah, opted out last year, went to the NFL, and, and he was another one of those guys that really had the ability to generate some pass rush. And so now it's basically on Foreman and, and Drake Jackson to do that. Uh, otherwise, the Trojans are in a little bit of a uh, precarious predicament. Now, that's not to say there aren't better players across the defense because there are a lot of good guys on that defense. Uh, but, you know, I think Foreman was on this list for a good reason. Okay, well, coming up next, we'll continue to discuss two other players that made this list that were looking to make an impact in their freshman year. Uh, but if you are looking for a new protein bar to indulge in, Built Bar is the one for you. If you're looking for the best tasting protein bar out there, Built Bar is the one for you. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors, a little something for everybody from coconut to coconut almond. If you're more into the fruity flavors, they have cherry and raspberry. And then obviously for our chocolate lovers, they have mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Literally something for everyone. I'm more of a salted caramel type. The best part about Bill Bar is that it's healthy. That's right, tasty and healthy. Each bar has about 17 to 18 grams of protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and low in carbs. That's nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com.
Okay, so we're talking freshman players likely to have the most impact on their teams in their freshman season. Obviously, we're focusing on the Pac-12 players. So next up is U-Dubs. I guess, is he the start? He's he's not the starting quarterback right now. He's but, not. That's the debate, right? Yeah, that's the crazy part. Sam Heward, I would say probably a lot of the expectation comes from the fact of his bloodline and, you know, who his father is and what he means to UW and that legacy, Brock Heward. But that's a lot of, um, I'll say that's a lot of pressure on Sam especially considering he like you said he's not considered the starting quarterback as of right now he's not and I think that's the the interesting part about this discussion is that for him to make this list uh means that there's an expectation that he's either going to become the starter or take over and that's really the conversation that's happening right now at, at Washington the incumbent Dylan Morris started every game for them last year I think uh, Jimmy Lake really likes what Dylan Morris does in terms of not turning the ball over. He's a very game manager quarterback. You know, he's not going to really win you a ton of games just on his own. Um, but Heward is the, the future of this program without a, without a doubt. Um, you know, his dad, Damon Heward, NFL quarterback, his uncle Brock. I think everybody's heard him on the broadcast and whatnot. Um, he is one of the highest ranked quarterbacks that they've ever, ever signed. But I think the bigger part about it is that he's starting to emerge a little bit as as the guy that could possibly move up the depth chart and take over for Dylan Dylan Morris. You know, in, in their last um, practice report that I was able to get, you know, he found uh, a couple of uh, you know their receivers, Quentin Moore for a thirty five yard touchdown, and also found a uh, um, uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the word. Um, but uh, basically what he's been doing is he's been showing consistency and moving the office down the field against some of the higher level guys that they've got on the defensive side of the secondary there at that Washington throwing accurately. And I think that's always the concern for a true freshman quarterback. How well do you perform under pressure? How well do you throw the ball uh, when you're forced out of the pocket or forced off a schedule, you know, how accurate are you with those balls? And he's staying consistently accurate. You know, uh, Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig talks about repetitive accuracy. And what they mean by that is being able to be accurate under a variety of, of incidences and stresses and pressures. And so with all this, you know, progre progress from Heward, you have to wonder if that's going to maybe, if he's going to start pushing Dylan Morris for the job a little bit. And, you know, if that continues through practices and whatnot, if Dylan Morris ever gets hurt or if there's a situation where something happens and Sam has to step in, that could be a massively impactful part of, of this this Husky team because I think what they're really dependent on is just steady, reliable quarterback play, and everybody else is going to get the job done in terms of being, you know, a effective when moving the ball on the offense they're going to be highly dependent on the offensive line and the tight ends defensively they're going to be the same gnarly mean husky defense that they always have been and so that's really where this comes into play is that you know do you push him into the starting lineup with all this talent around him and, and think or hope maybe he's just going to swim with the offense and, and and maybe even elevate it a little bit with his throwing and his playmaking ability or do you try and stick with dylan morris and just make sure that you don't put your offense in the situations where he has to go out and win you games. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. I said Brock Heward was his dad. It's actually Damon Heward is his dad. Brock Heward is his uncle. But either way, there's 
uh, UW royalty in the mix there. I will say this. I am very big on sticking with the experience until you feel like it's very necessary to go with the younger, sexier option, right? Um, I do think that there's a benefit to sticking with Dylan Morris. He's someone who's already, you know, been through, you know, the system and everything, and you don't fully have to worry about him getting fully acclimated while playing. But then there's benefits to giving Sam Heward that option early on. I think... We will see some of Sam this year. I don't think we'll see him starting right off the bat. And I, I think you're likely right. I think it's just too much of a risk when you have a known commodity in Dylan Morris. He does a good job of getting the ball out quickly. He's got a fast release. He's got a lot of weapons around him, as we talked about. You know, Roma Dunze is a, a wide receiver that I really like, and, and we've mentioned the you know just the absolute wealth that they have at the tight end position. So I think it's just such a, a big risk to try and make that move when you have somebody in Dylan Morris who can get the job done. Now, that being said, if Heward continues to develop and grow as, as he started to climb and climb and climb and get more comfortable, then you really do have a question. But I think in college football, it's almost a, a guarantee that the quarterback's going to miss some time with some injury, you know, just how long and, and how well do you manage it. And that's where I think Heward really can step in. All right. Coming up next, we will round out this uh series segment whatever we want to call it uh, with one more player that is on this list if you're looking to get in on some betting action betonline.ag is the place for you betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, so this next player that's on this list of freshmen expected to make an immediate impact on their teams is offensive tackle Kingsley Suomataya out of Oregon. Now, here's the thing. I'm not shocked at all that an Oregon player is on this list considering the type of players that Oregon typically likes to bring in, uh, Q. Kayvon Thibodeau, and just the caliber of not only the athletes that they expect there, but how they maintain, you know, the structure of their team as well. So to see that, they, you know, Kingsley coming in and is expected to be a big part of that offense, yeah, not surprised at all. So what are your thoughts about Kingsley and what he brings to this Oregon's offense? He's a really highly rated uh, tackle. Came actually out of Orem High School following in the footsteps of Panay Sewell, or I should say Noah Sewell, whose older brother Panay recently left for the NFL. Uh, close family friends with the Sewells. In fact, there's loads of videos of Kingsley working out with both Panay and Noah over the summer. So he understands what's expected to him in terms of, of getting in shape and being physical and being ready in that regards. He does lack uh, uh, the experience, but I think the big part about it is that he has so much in terms of uh, just really – solid athleticism and 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 he's really impressed throughout the camp so far now Oregon does have some starters in place but I think his 
the uh, the depth that he brings to that program and, and the potential that he has to take a spot because without a doubt you're going to see an injury at some point in time. So can he get coached up? Can he get, uh, you know, the, the experience and the understanding of the offense to a point where maybe he steps in if there's a guard or someone else who's injured? You know, I doubt that uh, super senior left tackle George Moore um, – you know, he's not going to concede his position at all. And and we do know that uh, right tackle uh, Malasala Almalve Lalulu, who we talked about the other day, uh, has, has, has had a strong camp, but he has had injuries in the past. So that gives you a, a real need to get Kingsley into the lineup. And if he is supposed to step in and play. And the other part of it, too, is that his athleticism, his aggression at the position – it could be a big benefit for jumbo packages and things of that nature. We've seen Oregon trend in a very, very different direction. Uh, this is not the uh, Chip Kelly red light, green light offense that we used to see with Oregon, uh, where they were either full speed ahead and, and all over the place. This is more of a run-based system. So it wouldn't be a surprise to see him rotate in there, maybe with some jumbo sets or some unbalanced stuff. It'll be interesting to see, but he's had such a good camp that I think that really ups his, you know, his, uh, you rating let's call it that okay okay i like i said i'm not shocked at all with oregon but like you said that it is going to be a matter of getting in there behind some injuries so out of all these players who do you think will have the most impactful freshman year oh i think it's Corey foreman without a doubt i think he's the one that's that that's super primed for it uh, I think he's at a position where they really need him to step up and play. You know, we've tried to hype up Sam Heward and, and Kingsley Sumataya, uh, but the bottom line is that those guys have players in front of them already on the roster that are that are really talented and, and have shown out. Maybe not to the same uh, ceiling physically or athletically as the new incoming freshmen, and, and that seems to be the dance these days in, in college football is how do you balance getting your, your high – High rated, highly rated recruits on the field and seeing play time while also rewarding the guys who have stuck in the program, worked hard, and, and really are the more experienced. So, I, but without you know, without anybody really in front of him that to to disrupt that, I think it's it's Corey Foreman. Thanks. All right, can't wait for season. Of course, this is like my annual, well, not annual, daily statement. I can't wait for season. It's here. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Here we go. Yay. But we are really itching closer and closer to that first game and first week of play. So yeah, stay tuned, you guys. Just stay strong. We're getting through fall camp. The real stuff is almost here and almost underway. Speaking of that, if you're really into betting, you want to check out new the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And then per usual, you can follow Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Youth podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And follow along on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12 at underscore Cindy Robinson and at Brown Bear SLC. We're still waiting to get the keys to the Locked On Pack 12 Twitter. So, Brian, I think you're going to have to, like, work your magic and do some convincing to the people that make those decisions. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to massage the good stuff out of Twitter. There we go. That's what we need. Other than that, make sure you stay Locked On Pack 12 on the Locked On Network.